Off the ball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Delighted to have Jenny Claffey and Colin Buhig join us back in the studio. Jenny, how are things? Hi, Shane. How's it going? Keeping well. You've been, you've been busy at the... European Championships, is that what we're calling it? European Games. European Games, yeah. sorry, of course. The paddle, the paddle. <laughs> I made the mistake too. Represent your country again, this is this is massive. Yeah, some honour. Uh, absolutely amazing experience there last week in Krakow at the European Games, uh, playing paddle. Uh, just, oh my God, I'm looking back at it going, that was a dream. Um, you know, getting to walk out wearing Ireland across your, your chest is, is such an honour every time you get the chance and to do it with a different sport is pretty cool as well Doubles? You were playing doubles? Or was it singles as well? Yeah, so uh, Paddle has only played as doubles okay, so yeah. my partner was uh, Susan McCran so she was the one who, who roped me into Paddle uh, and I thank her for that now <laughs> Fitness levels, how does it compare to, to tennis? Obviously it's, it's less ground to cover but I, I assume you need the reflexes and, and still a pretty decent base level of fitness yeah I was surprised actually uh, when I started playing paddle how physical it actually is like you know compared to tennis tennis is such a bigger court and obviously you've got more more ground to cover but it's a lot of like stop start forward back like squash kind of because it's a mixture of squash and tennis so you're going back and forth a lot and it's about getting into the nets and then you're either trying to get to that or else they're lobbing you so you're going back and forth the whole time and there's no break so you know in tennis like you can kind of take your time walking over to get a ball there's no the the cage you're enclosed in a cage you don't really get much downtime. Um, but I, it didn't take too long to get used to because I have that baseline of, of fitness from tennis. So. What's easier to learn, tennis or paddle? Um, paddle, I think. Um, coming from a tennis background, it's a little bit difficult to adjust to paddle because obviously I'm coming in trying to whack the ball and, and that doesn't actually stand to you in paddle because if you hit the ball, power it bounces back up off the wall and it gives the opponent right. a chance then to, to dictate again. But learning that the paddle shots um, is probably a little bit more straightforward compared to tennis, whereas there's also no serve in paddle, so that alleviates a huge problem because t- the serve in tennis is the most difficult shot so to How learn. did the ball come into play in paddle? You serve underarms, underarm, yeah, serve. underarm, yeah, and you're always trying to get into the net um, and control the point from the net. Um, and you think, oh, here comes like they lob you a lot, so you think here comes a lob, we'll just get, smash this. And if I use my tennis smash, as I said, unless you hit it hard enough and it bounces, hits the back wall, it can come all the way back over to your side where they can't get a play on it. Right. But if you don't hit it correctly, it'll bounce, and then they then have a high ball on their side, which they can then um, put away. Very tactical. Very, and it's a lot of slice. So they, you use a lot of slice. There's no topspin at all. Really, well, there's a little bit, but it's not really um, played with topspin. So flat and slice is the way you want the ball. Give us an impression of doing a slice hit there. Then. A little. Yeah. <laughs> there's a shot called like this bandeja. So bandeja. It's like, yeah, where you come right, up to like shoulder height and you like slice, come around. They say it's like um, throwing like a. You know when you're skimming a stone, yeah, yeah. Like skimming a stone uh, across the ball. So there's no actual like wrist movement on it. It's just using your body. That was the official around. social media imagery of you, actually. It was like the swish of the ball. Yeah, and the, the, yeah, the troll. Like Mohammed bin Salman over there. For <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're doing it like. It's like handball. No, you're, like t- you're, you're shaping your arm like you're playing handball. It feels like you're almost pushing more with yeah. your body. Yeah. Then you brought actually. us in a tennis racket. Can you bring us in a paddle? Paddle. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, I've only just got one there not that long ago. <laughs> oh, only have the yeah, one. Yeah, the one, yeah. And they're not cheap, my gosh, yeah. What are we talking? They're more expensive than tennis rackets. They reckon I have a thing, it's about 350 quid. And it looks like basically a beach bat. 
Yeah. Okay, that, forgive me for saying that, but it does, like it's it's really thick. But it's like it looks kind of like shaped like a. You know, I think this is the game that Adrian Barry wanted. Uh, it was, wasn't it? Wanted us to play. And he, I think he's reached out to a few places to see if they'll give us a game. Yeah, so I was actually chatting that, yeah. with the the pre- president of the Paddle Federation, Naomi. She's been really great in my development um, with Paddle. She was offering us to go up and have a game in Bushy Park. So oh, we must oh. take her up on that. Yeah. Really yeah. So, like, where can you play this in Ireland apart from Bushy Park? So at the moment, there's only there's only 25 courts around right. Ireland um, so Bushy Park is, is the main kind of place um, Fitzwilliam Tennis Club they have three paddle courts uh, Rockbrook School North Farnham there's one in Beckett they're kind of spread around it's mainly in Leinster mm. but they by the end of this year they're going to have 50 so uh, it's kind of obviously it's growing quickly just not quickly enough for, for I'd never heard of it never heard of it yeah. <laughs> you're not heard yeah, 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 the only honestly, one yeah. a few of the uh, like even the Irish athletes last week when we were travelling to Krakow they were like is that what's paddle is that in the water so we were like yeah, having to explain say, you were like, with the uh, boxers we went to diving it was meant to be a boxer but we actually travelled with the divers oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah and some of the canoeists and, and kayakers so even they were asking us I was like lads you're in the water you should know yeah, if, if it's with a paddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So uh, we were having to whip out the rackets and show them what it was and how it's played. So the, the European Games are just a really great opportunity for us to showcase paddle, you know, in Europe as well as hopefully, mm. you know, it, it, it's trickled down here into Ireland so more people are going to get involved. But it's a fast-growing sport in the world at the moment. Wow. Mm. I feel um, onto Wimbledon that Sophia Kennan and Coco Gauff had no business being a first-round match. That's the quality of that. That should be a second week game, at least fourth round. You're talking about a Grand Slam champion against a Grand Slam finalist. What a match. It's tough, yeah, because, I mean, you know, looking at Wimbledon, looking ahead to Wimbledon, you would have thought Goff could have been maybe an outside favourite, you know, because her game kind of would suit the the grass and she was in the top half with Shantek, so the the bottom half is quite stacked in the women's side. So she kind of had a bit of a chance, you might have thought. And then when she came up against Kennan, that was straight away, that was popcorn tennis, you knew, because Kennan is a former um, Grand Slam champion and a former Grand Slam finalist. So we know she has the ability. She's just had a few uh, ropey years with injuries and whatnot. How cruel is that, like, uh, you can say it better than anyone, that the cruelty of professional tennis is, like, she was a 2020 French Open finalist, like you said, and she had to go through qualifying at the French Open this year and didn't get through qualifying. Yeah, it's... There's no sentimentality at all in tennis. No, but, like, you know, you hear, look at the draw, like, that was unfortunate for Goff because she came up against Cannon. But I actually think that the qualifying stood to Cannon because she'd come in, she's played three matches, you know, she's gotten used to the surroundings, she's mm-hmm. played on grass, she has come in then with a bit of confidence, whereas Goff, you know, coming out on a, on a main court and it's, the, you know, there's always going to be nerves and the expectation and pressures, like, it takes you almost a first set to get used to that, whereas Cannon has, has had three matches under her belt and will come in with confidence. And she looked every bit confident yesterday coming up against Goff she was feisty she was ready for the fight and, yeah. and it was a great game it was a really really close game I think that was probably one of the, that was the best match in Wimbledon yesterday hmm. yeah what's the final score I have it in front of me here 6-4 2-6 like, and Kennan's had the injury issues as well she's had upheavals in her coaching team so like dealing with all that sort of crack is just and to be able to guide, I guess put that to one side and focus on a major is so important Like, yeah I mean that that's the trials and tribulations I guess of being a professional athlete you have to deal with the, the off off track or off court mm. issues yeah she had um, her dad was her coach and then they they had a break up and then he came back and then all that kind of stuff is going to weigh heavily on her but she's a fantastic tennis player it's just we say this about a lot of the tennis the women's side as well but can they carry through the form you'd like to see after beating a big name of Goff yesterday that she can carry on now and, and you know push on and do well in the tournament How do you think um, the state of women's tennis is at the moment? 
it's looking healthy mm. definitely healthier than it was there for the last few years um, since Ash Barty retired last year she was kind of the, the top of the game and we were thinking she was going to emerge as being the top for a while and then she kind of had that shock retirement mm. I think we're looking at we're talking about sorry the top three um, Shiontek Sabalenka and Ribikina as being the, the next big serious thing. players like all three of them unbelievable yeah um, can they you know, do what the men did and, yeah. and push each other on for the next number of years and, and can we see some amazing records be made in the women's side? Hopefully. But there are other names like Shabur, Mukova, um, if we're talking about Kennan, Goff, there's loads of players who will be pushing pushing um, those players on as well. I mean, it's hard to call will we see Shantek dominating for the next 10 years you know, but there is. It definitely looks healthier that we have some rivals at the top of the women's game. Yeah, it's, it's so much better than the men's game because there's one and the rest still in the men's game. Whereas yeah. the women's, like you've just named, like more than half a dozen players who could all win Wimbledon. Yeah. The other side of it too is all of those players you mentioned could walk down the street and might not be recognised. Is that a bad thing? Necessarily, oh, it is a bad thing, isn't it? For the game, yeah. I think, but maybe for them, no, because you know you don't yeah, want that. Have your life, like, yeah, 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 you can have that bit of privacy, but yeah, I mean, we will. We like, yeah, come on, we do know who Shvantec. If she walked into him, you'd recognize her. I wouldn't her. recognize her. Really? No. I, I really, I think a lot of people wouldn't. I really do. And, and maybe I, tennis, it, tennis fans. Tennis fans no, of course, I mean, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about uh, like a, a sports fan. Yeah, who would yeah when horse racing is like that as well, yeah. it's like you know, if Ryan Moore walked in here today, most who's like the biggest. I'm going to Roscommon and see Ryan Moore. People wouldn't know who he is, like. Ten- tennis is peripheral as well. Um, Take something like like same in Formula One. Drive survive mm. increase the yeah the awareness of people around certain drivers and, and like it's kind of the same for different sports like that. That it's only unique. Well, maybe it hasn't worked in tennis. No, it's I guess point definitely yeah. hasn't worked for. Like that was part of the that. plan to make some of these kind of middle of middle tier players more recognisable. But I don't know if it's worked to the same degree. I don't think it has yeah we were talking about that a little bit like how they haven't well you know we want to see the kind of the journeymen as well as the top players and see like everyone wants to see what Djokovic is doing at home and you know everyone wants a little insight into what's making him the best tennis player in the world or Svantec we only kind of got a snippet of her we didn't get anything with Djokovic and Nadal Svantec obviously winning in straight sets yesterday but she's never got beyond the fourth round of Wimbledon like grass tends to be maybe not her her strength, she kind of. She, I, I even listened in, in interviews to her. She wants to become more of an all-court yeah. type player. Do you think she deserves to be among the favourites for Wimbledon? I, I guess her grass form hasn't led people to to accept Not that sure. she should be one of the favourites. But then it's Shvantec, so yeah. why not? Yeah, I think uh, she's certainly mastered clay course, as we know, three-time French Open um, Grand Slam winner. Then she's also mastered the hard court. She's done very well there last year in the US Open. It's The gra- grass season is so short. Like, it's yeah. only maybe four weeks. So they don't get a huge amount to play on the on the grass. So it's not really surprising that not that many players are brilliant on grass. Like, we look at Djokovic, obviously, because he's been playing on grass for so many years in Wimbledon. But Shvantec is, like, I think this last year was like her third season, or not even third season, playing yeah. on grass. Although she did win Junior Wimbledon in 2018. Yeah. So that's, you know... Her talent overrided her lack of experience. Yeah. You hear that so often, um, the lack of experience on grass courts. I think Novak Djokovic's first match on grass was when he was 17. 17, He just didn't grow up around it. First match. Yeah, Yeah, and it's hard because back in the 70s and 80s, three of the floor slams were on grass at the Australian Open and the US Open and they changed the surface and it was a total other way around. And I think grass is the only 
uh, surface that doesn't have a Masters 1000 event. Yeah. So it is seen, seen as completely specialised. So you see all these really talented players exit so early on in Wimbledon. Yeah, well, so it makes it really unpredictable. Yeah, it d- definitely does because of that. Because like Roland Garros finished three weeks ago. Three weeks, they only have three weeks to prepare on grass. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. there's two tournaments normally that they either play, generally only play one, uh, one or two to get the warm-up event, to get time on grass. And a lot of them don't expect to win those tournaments. It's more just getting their feet on the grass and getting used to it. <clears throat> the game is played so differently compared to clay court. Like on clay, you have much more time. The rallies are longer. The grass course, like it's so quick. The yeah. surface is so quick. You're, you have to adjust your footwork. You got to get used to the the this not being able to slide. Well, although some players can slide on, on grass, like it's a completely different game altogether. It's so fast. Like you're playing up closer to the baseline. The points are shorter. You have to hit more <clears throat> with more power. Whereas on clay, you get away with um, more spin. So that's where you look at Shiontek. She's so dominant on clay because her game suits clay. She has a really big wind up on her forehand and she creates loads of topspin on that her backhand's very very uh, good on as well on the clay court because she can hit through that a bit more mm. so she wants to improve her grass court tennis even though it's only for four weeks of the year she's got to try and adju- adjust her game like she needs to flatten out her shots more she needs to shorten up that take back on her forehand and she has the footwork like she's an amazing um, athlete on the court and moves really, really well so that is one of her strengths but I think she just needs to sharpen up those aspects of her game and maybe introduce a bit more slice and whatnot. But grass is the trickiest grass is the trickiest <laughs> surface generally speaking to adjust to I think especially right. after coming from the clay yeah and as we mentioned they don't get that much time on it but it's just it's a different it's a little bit of a different game it's qu- it's just so quick compared to the other um, hard court and clay where they have a little bit more time mm. on the ball um, Novak Djokovic's <coughs> competition <laughs> there is none right well I think there I mean Carlos Alcaraz won Queen's and has F all experience on grass. Yeah, that was his third tournament. But yeah. then he played Djokovic on his favourite surface on clay in the French Open semi final. And in his own words, it got to him. Playing yeah. Djokovic got to him. That was a surprise. Yeah. I really think that was a surprise. He was favourite going into that match, which is yeah. hard to believe. Yeah. And just the occasion, the nerves, the stress got to him. You, really, you, you find that hard to believe that that happens mm. to athletes at that level. And he is a Grand Slam winner. He has been to that stage, stage of a tournament. He's experienced that, albeit he is only 20 and he hasn't got that much experience. But still, it was obviously the hype and the pressure created by himself and his team and the media that, that got him in that situation. But looking at Wimbledon for the men's side, Djokovic is the, the runaway favourite. Like, I don't really think there's anyone who's going to come close to him. He seemed to get a nice reception yesterday like reasonably nice reception I think it's a good point I think he's finally getting to the place where he has a real aura about him his greatness is just and it's undeniable deniable, and yeah. also statistically he's he's going to be the greatest I yeah. mean if, if he wins this Wimbledon he'll be level with the number of Wimbledons <coughs> that Roger Federer That's won mad, yeah. isn't it? and if he wins this competition he'll also have the most number of Grand Slams ever won joint with Marga Kart yeah He's at, you know, he's favoured to win the US Open. He could finish the year with the calendar slam, winning all four slams in one year. And that also that will make him the greatest player ever. Is he likable though? But is he? I see, <laughs> and I think with Djokovic is out of the big three between Rafael Nadal, Federer and himself, he so wants to be loved. More than the other two ever did, but the problem is he's Maybe by he far the least loved. Then, you know, I mean, like he's just he's, he's controversial. <laughs> I know, but yeah. and he's abrasive. Like, Djokovic just one thing as well. I mean, he also set up a players' union. Uh, with Pospisil, the Canadian player, yeah. which is very admirable, but it excluded women, which is another thing yeah. you know yeah, that he does like. Now, but he but doesn't yeah. think like he doesn't think of the the bigger PR picture for a guy who was obsessed with his image. He's very reactionary and instinctive, and uh, there's probably um, it's probably hard to warm to him at times. I actually do enjoy watching his matches because he's such a tough player to play against. It's like who I think it was Kasparud because he's lost two Grand Slam finals to him. Yeah. It's uh, or one actually sorry the French Open recently. 
he said the problem with Djokovic is he has no weakness. Yeah, he's in every single point. The last two women in the finals, he's lost the first set against Nikirios last year, Matteo Berrettini the year before. It doesn't matter to him. Doesn't Imagine matter. playing an opponent like that. He's just, yeah, he's just, he is unbelievable. Like, as much as people like to hate him, you know, he is just undeniably the best tennis player at the moment. And he's really showing, like, he's crushing all of these records you're talking about there. Like, he overcame, you know, in, in French Open, he, he he's now the most, uh, he's got the most Grand Slams on the men's side. If he wins Wimbledon, 24 Grand Slams, matches Margaret Court, beats, Red, uh, or matches Roger Federer's eighth uh, Wimbledon title. It's just, like, he hasn't lost on centre court in 40 matches in Wimbledon. He, has, he hasn't Not lost. Andy Murray defeat was that the last time he yeah and Andy, and Andy Murray is the only player in the draw 128 players is the only player in the draw who's actually beaten Djokovic on grass as well that's mad yeah and that was in the final 10 years ago 10 years ago yeah, yeah. Geez, that's 10 years ago like, god yeah I mean he's just he's so good he's just so good on the surface it's, wasn't it mad was, well it, uh, was it four years 2019 final Federer had two championship points against Djokovic oh sickening and at that point he was ahead of you he was head of the other Federer two. To win. Yeah, I love Federer. He's my favourite. Nothing against Djokovic, but I love Federer. <laughs> how do you compete? How do you compete with the Federer image? You can't. You can't no, touch him. No, true. I saw a photo of Roger Federer with Elton John yesterday. He pops up and then like he's singing a Coldplay concert. Like, he's this a guy is just—he's unbelievable. Uh, they, I, I've spent this morning googling how much do, did the Wimbledon centre court roof cost. You get different figures. Like 150 million dollars was mentioned. 75 million pounds was mentioned. But I mean, this is this, that was a farce yesterday during the match. Oh, so, like, the roof is closed for anyone who hasn't seen what happened. Djokovic beats Argentina's Pedro Cachan six three six three seven six on set of court. But then after that first set, there was no play for eighty minutes, despite the roof being closed. Um, Djokovic was dabbing the grass. The leaf blowers came out. He was encouraging the crowd to start blowing in from the crowd to 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 dry it. And it was just like for for a roof that's cost so much. I think it was the humidity maybe that that's caused this issue. But it's this is again climate change, isn't it? It's like it's like when it when it hit forty degrees in 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 the UK last year, the railways couldn't function because we're not built for this. Already, so I presume, and I'm not going on a t- on a, another tirade here, but I presume they're just not used to this humidity. The weather was nuts in Dublin yesterday, and I was yeah. thinking, how is this going to affect Wimbledon? Because like it was a blue sky about like ten yards away, and I was getting absolutely drenched, and it was very very humid over the last two weeks. So I presume they didn't actually build it with a yeah. view to the changing climate. I presume. Well, if you spent that money on a roof, surely you deal yeah. with humidity as well as a precipitation. I don't know what. But, like, but you don't build a roof for humidity. You build a roof to keep the rain away. Yeah. Yeah, but no. you should consider the humidity. You know. When well, Colin, you're you're the tennis expert. I've never seen that happen before. Wimbledon, it's unprecedented. Yeah. I don't know how it did. There are just fifteen thousand people in the crowd. Or Tim Henman, who's involved in the tournament, was asked about it on BBC, and he said, "I'll get an answer for you. I don't know what happened." <laughs> Like yeah, you saw in Qatar um, how they had to keep the, the air conditioning going in, in winter or whatever. So they're obviously equipped for it. But Wimbledon was not built to deal with humidity in, this, in, a, with, in a stadium with a roof, I presume. I, I'm presuming here. Because the climate is changing so rapidly, we just don't know what to do about it, basically. Yeah. Was that not, did they not wait till the first set was over to put the roof over yeah, and there was a little bit of rain? Yeah, so yeah. then the surface was wet then and then yeah. they closed oh. over the, the roof and then that obviously created okay. then the, yeah. the core. They were saying like the grass was sweaty. So like they couldn't. That's the same effect of playing on wet. Uh, rainy. Should mention Michael Moe as well, uh, the Monaghan man. He's not a Monaghan man, he's American, uh, slash, I think he's a few other nationalities as well. He, uh, famously got to the third round of the Australian Open, beat Zverev en route in the second round, uh, but he yesterday beat the 11th seed, uh, Felix Auger Ali uh, in a, in a fourth, in four sets. So just mentioned him, his mother, Mer- Geraldine, was from Monaghan. Ah, okay. Um, so there Didn't is actually link. know that. There's the yeah. Irish link there. Um, who, at this stage, before we let you go, Jenny, are you predicting for the for the men's and uh, women's side of the draw undeniably Djokovic on the men's side uh, hopefully it'll be a Djokovic Alcaraz good final though that we see um, and then on the women's side that's a really hard one to call 
If it put a gun to my head, I'd say Shiontech, uh, just because I want her to show that she's right. able on the grass. Um, but it could be anyone. There could be Rebekina, Sabalenka. I think oh, my outside favourite would be Kvitova. I'd love to see her win just because she's, she's won it twice before and she's a great grass court player. Won a tournament last week and it'd be nice to see her, but I, I just can't see it being one of outside the top three. No. So Shiontech. Uh, Jenny, thanks for coming in as always. Thanks for Pleasure. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.